How close is close enough? This picture that they'll show you is a, is a box with a gold bar in it. I think they have different one of these across the United States. I, I think I looked right. This gold bar is worth $250,000. If you get it out through that hole, it's yours. People get close to getting these things out, but not close enough. This next a picture of an alligator uh, standing safely at this pulpit, simply looking at a picture of an alligator. That's plenty close. I don't need to see it any closer. I don't need to see it in real life. I don't want to be that close. You Floridians that swim with these things, I'll never understand. That's close enough. I'm the same person, but for the gold bar, just touching it, that's not enough. I want to hold it. I want to take it home. I want to take it to the bank. The alligator, I don't want anywhere near it. How close is close enough? I think that may be very subjective depending on what it is or depending on who it is. For instance, let's take a look at this last photo here. Oh, and I knew that would be your response. But that's close enough. I know I just went down respect level in some of your eyes. I'm not an animal, animal hater, but I'm not an animal lover. I'm glad you have them. They eat supper with you and you kiss on those things, whatever you want to do. That's fine. I'm not going to be mean to an animal, but I don't want one, so... That picture's close enough. I don't need any closer. But for some of you, you have not heard one word I've said and you've not taken your eyes off that picture because you want that puppy dog so bad. How close is close enough? They say that a simple definition of gravity is the force by which a planet or other body draws objects to its center. Another says gravity is a fundamental interaction which causes mutual attraction between all things, uh, uh, all things with mass or energy. Also concerning gravity, objects that are closer together have a stronger force of gravity between them. There's an attraction a pulling, and the closer you get, the stronger the force, the stronger that attraction or pulling. The bigger the difference it makes on an object, the more impact, the more change, the closer you get together. How close is close enough? When Jesus walked the earth, there was a pull to him. People, we, we use the term, people gravitated to him. They couldn't figure him out. His teaching was with such authority. His love was genuine. His care and concern was refreshing. His miracles were astonishing. There was a pull to him. Crowds of people would surround him. They wanted near him. They, they wanted to hear his teaching. They wanted to see him perform the miracles and feel his compassion. Luke 19 gives an account of Jesus entering Jericho. He was walking through the town, seemingly on the main thoroughfare through that little town. In that town was a man by the name of Zacchaeus. The Bible gives a little description of him. It says Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector in the region. 
Then it also says he had become very rich. Yeah, exploiting people for his own gain. He was not a likable person. He was not even considered a good man. He tried to get a look at Jesus but couldn't, so he hurried on down the road, the same road Jesus was on. He figured out what direction Jesus was going, and he climbed a sycamore tree there by the side of that road and just waited for Jesus because the Bible says he wanted to see him. And Jesus passed by right in front of that tree, and he stopped, and he looked up, and he called Zacchaeus by name. Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I want to go to your house. I want to be a guest at your house. How close is close enough? Something about Jesus, the closer you get to him, the more pull, the more change, the more impact, the more influence he has on you. I've heard this story as a little boy in Sunday school and all throughout my life. We just quickly tell the story of how Jesus called Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus came down and Jesus went to his house. We even had a little song we would sing with it. You still may sing that in Sunday school. And that is all correct. And he indeed, that's indeed what happened. But for a moment, can we stop the story right after Jesus steps up to that tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I want to go to your house. Zacchaeus, you're rich. You're good at what you're doing. You got a good thing going. You may have heard enough about Jesus' teaching or about how he teaches. He was a holy man. He would not approve of you gouging people and robbing and hurting people. Zacchaeus, how close is close enough? Zacchaeus could have said, no thanks, I'm staying right here. I just wanted to see you. And yes, you're a good-looking guy, whatever he wanted to say to him. And Jesus would have passed on by and helped other people along the way. And, and it would have been, I guess, that would have been the end of the story. But something happened inside of Zacchaeus because as soon as Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to see you. I want to go to your house. There was great joy, the Bible says, and excitement. People in the crowd, they were mad. Oh, Jesus going to a home of a notorious sinner. That looks real good on his resume and reputation. That throws up some red flags for me being a follower of him. But we see Zacchaeus now close to Jesus. There's, there's no record yet of Jesus saying anything but come down. And all of a sudden we see Zacchaeus say, I'll give my half my wealth to the poor and I'm going to give back. Anybody I've cheated taxes, I'm going to give back four times what I've exploit, exploited of them. Pause, stop, Zacchaeus, you're hysterical. Why are you saying all of this? Half of your wealth and then four times times what you've exploited people, which was probably quite a bit. Zacchaeus, you're going to be flat broke. I see bankruptcy. I don't see fancy cars. I don't see a big house. I see you flat broke, Zacchaeus. Let's think about this for a moment. Zacchaeus, maybe that's too close. Maybe too much change. Maybe too much commitment. We do have some record of what Jesus said in Luke 19, 9 and 10. And Jesus said unto Zacchaeus, This day salvation's come to you, this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. 
Zacchaeus is, is not a terrible person. He's not a low life. He's not a notable sinner. He came close to Jesus. Jesus changed him. He's a son of Abraham just like all of you because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost and Zacchaeus was just lost. How close is close enough? For, for Zacchaeus, it was an absolute life change. He was completely different. His life was forever altered. Jesus said, salvation's come to this house. I personally think that's a good thing. I personally think that not stealing and being corrupt is a good thing. Zacchaeus had a decision to make up in that tree. The Bible said he just wanted to see Jesus, but Jesus saw him too, called to him. Do you come here just to see Jesus? To feel a, his touch every once in a while? Do you watch online just to hear the music or watch the show? Maybe Jesus has stopped by your chair this morning. Maybe he stopped by your row this morning. Maybe he stopped by your couch this morning or your bed. And he asked you the question, how close is close enough? Matthew, Mark, and Luke give us another account of Jesus on his way to heal a young girl. <laughs> Where's all my Wednesday night peeps? You know the story. He, she was very sick. Her dad was a ruler of the synagogue. His, his name was Jairus, a very important man. He came to Jesus and asked for him to, to go with him again. Throngs of People were everywhere. They gravitated to Jesus, bumping into him and bumping into Jesus. The journey, I'm certain, was slow, sort of like a modern-day uh, traffic jam, but with people. While this was all going on, there was a very sick lady. She'd been sick for 12 years. She went to every doctor she could think of. She was so desperate. She was ceremonially unclean, according to Leviticus. So under the Jewish law, she had to pretty much be isolated. 12 years, this lady was isolated. Somehow she heard Jesus and his miracles because on this particular day, she determined in herself, I'm going to go after him. She had heard he was nearby, weak and scared and probably hoping she wasn't recognized. The Bible says she came around the back of the crowd. I can imagine her breathing rapidly, her heart beating furiously. She didn't want to be noticed. She didn't want to be recognized. She shouldn't be there. She can't touch Jesus or he would be unclean. All oh, the torture in her mind. How close is close enough? I'm not going to disturb this. I can't do this. Oh, but he's my last hope after 12 years of suffering. But what if he sees me? I just need to close enough to touch him. Just arm's length is all I need. That's all I not even arms linked to his body. Just, just give me his, his robe is all I need to touch. Knocked down and pushed around and tripped on and yelled at and dirty and weak. A break in the cloud. Close enough and the touch of his garment. And just like that, that noisy, like a noisy, aggravating roar of a machine suddenly went silent. Peace. She literally felt her body healed in that moment. That was close enough. 
back and crawling out through the legs and feet, getting out of the crowd. She did it the best she could. Oh, but what joy. But the crowd had stopped. And now Jesus was asking questions. And Jesus wanted some answers. Who touched me? Are you kidding me, Jesus? Everybody's touching you and knocking up against you. What in the world are you asking who touched you? No, you're going to keep asking, and I'm going to keep asking until I find the information. Jairus, I can imagine standing there. Come on, this is an emergency situation. My daughter is very sick to the point of death. No, I'm not moving. Someone came close. Someone came near. There was a pull. There was an attraction. Something changed. I felt it. Finally, the woman, knowing she was caught, she came fumbling and trembling and fearful again. I didn't mean to disturb. I didn't mean to get that close. I know I shouldn't have. I'm a, I'm a nobody. I'm so sorry. I'm not worthy. I messed everything up. I delayed what was important along the way. I just wanted to get close enough to get a healing. No, no, daughter. Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. It's okay that you came close. You're not a nuisance. You're not an outcast. Now you only now don't you just don't only have healing, but you have peace and you're made completely whole. How close is close enough? It was supposed to be just arm's length at best. <laughs> But when you get near to him, there is a pull that comes over you. Such compassion. I know I don't belong here because he is God and he is holy. But please, let me just stay at arm's length. That's all I need. No daughter, no son. Stop any procession you want. He's never too busy. Draw near to him. You are invited. But let me remind you, there will be a beautiful pull towards him also. You can at any time pull away and sneak back through the crowds. But you can also stay there and you can find healing, hope, and help health and peace and wholeness. How close is close enough? The first time we hear about this man was John 3. John is the only one in the Bible who talks about him. He was a Jewish religious leader, a, a Pharisee. His name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus was intelligent. He was well learned. He, he knew the scriptures. It seems like he, he must have been watching Jesus from a distance, but tonight it was dark. He used that as a cover to come to Jesus. Didn't want his friends to see. Didn't want his colleagues to notice him. Didn't want to reputation didn't want to tarnish his reputation. He wanted to get physically close because of curiosity. But it seemed Nicodemus kept his heart at a very safe distance. Jesus, teacher, rabbi, you're the talk of the town. Everyone knows you came from God to, to, to teach us the miraculous signs. There's no denying. Those are evidence that God is with you. Jesus whips around and tells this religious man, you must be born again of water and spirit. 
even though Nicodemus is educated, is intelligent, he couldn't grasp this. Jesus explained it more. I'm not talking about physical birth again. I'm talking about being born again of water and of the Spirit. There are some verses recorded of what Jesus taught to Nicodemus. John 3 verses, as a matter of fact, 10 through 21 is all Jesus teaching to Nicodemus without a word from Nicodemus. And then, oddly enough, verse 22 comes that just simply says Jesus and his disciples went to Jerusalem. Where's Nicodemus? Did you ask any more questions, Nicodemus? Did you ever get any closer? You were right there with Jesus. And then Jesus' disciples went to Jerusalem. John 7, Jesus was in Galilee. There were some officers that were sent out by the chief priests and Pharisees to get Jesus and bring him into them. These officers came back and the priests and Pharisees, where's Jesus? The officers didn't bring him. Oh, you can't imagine. When you get close to this man, no one has ever spoken like this man. Roaring. Are you all deceived too? Nicodemus, his name again, appears on the pages of Scripture. He speaks up. Um, our law, does our law judge a man before you hear him out? Before you know what he's done. The others, yeah, starts yelling at Nicodemus. And, and then the Bible's quiet again. Nicodemus, you came to Jesus by night. You did come close. But there doesn't seem like much of a change. Jesus asked for change. Jesus asked for commitment. But Nicodemus must have rejected it. Because now we find him in John 7 with his cohorts, with those seeking to destroy Jesus. There may be a little difference between Nicodemus and the rest of them because in a small way, he did question their tactics at least. But then silence. Nicodemus, that night was, was that close enough? It seemed like it did make a small impact on you, but you backed away. The pull was no longer there. How close is close enough? And then one last time, if we go to John 19, after they arrested Jesus, after they had crucified him, after Jesus had died, Joseph and Arimathea asked to take the body of Jesus off the cross and to bury him. Nicodemus was there with Joseph. Nicodemus brought like 75 to 100 pounds of this mixture of myrrh and aloes to bury with Jesus, an over-the-top amount. But I have to ask, was Nicodemus at the trial when everybody was screaming, crucify him? Was he nearby when all of that was happening? Was Nicodemus just silent? Did Nicodemus ever get Closer. It just seems, according to Scripture, that he never fully committed. He got close, but it was close enough for him. He came to Jesus at night. He sort of spoke up at a meeting a little bit. Bible even says his friend Joseph, he was a disciple, but he was kind of undercover. 
He didn't want the other Jews to know he was. Were these guys close enough? Closet Christians, concealed commitment, covert consecration. How close? It's close enough. How about you? Are you going to the next level? Or do you have an image to uphold among your friends and colleagues? Are you too busy with life? Let me go down a side street for just a moment and specifically talk to just a very small group in this church. If you were here before service, you noted Brother Darren Sargent on the screen. He and he started talking about a thing that we're going to start off in ministry development. We are taking applications to kick this off in March. For the ministry development, there will be many requirements. There will be a cost involved. There will be teaching. There will be practicums. There will be work things that you have to do. It's going to be serious, and it will be months and months long. And again, I say it's not for everyone. There is an application process. As a matter of fact, we won't, after the interview, we won't accept everyone in there. But let me push on some of you that are not sure of your next step. What does ministry look like? It will be designed to push you, to be accountable, to be committed. But I promise you through it, you're going to get closer to Jesus. But how close is close enough? Your friends may not want to be involved after. And hear me well, that's okay. This is not for salvation. This is not for some elite group or some higher than, higher than others. Nothing like that. We are, aren't even going to accept again everyone in this. But some of you have talked to me. You have a burning fire down inside of you. And you're not sure what it means or what to do with it. Everybody else may be getting on the video games tonight. But maybe you've decided to fast media another week. Maybe they're getting ready to go out somewhere, but you have a book that you need to read that was assigned to you. I'm just asking some of you, how close is close enough? How much commitment is enough? No, you don't have to be involved in Ministry Central. And once again, it's not designed for everybody. But for those we had in mind when we started putting this together, are you ready to go to the next level or are you close enough? You just, this is the commitment you want. Let me draw back to big picture again to all of us. Is religion good enough? Is every once in a while sticking up for Jesus, is that good enough? If have, is having a buddy that you and him are secretly in the church, is that good enough? No one may really know you're a disciple. No one really knows you go to church. You keep that separate. Nicodemus, is that close enough? One day Jesus was on his way somewhere and this man came running up to him and, and showed him great reverence, bowed down to Jesus. So far, so good. He was close to Jesus, wanted to get closer because he asked the question, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you know the commandments. Yes, I do. And I've kept every single one of them from the time I was a little boy. Jesus loved this man. But Jesus could see something that was blocking him from getting any closer to him. Jesus said, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, 
come follow me. Come on, young man. What's your answer? How close is close enough? The Bible says he walked away. Sorrowful. He was grieving. Why? Because this guy owned a lot of stuff. He wasn't willing to put Jesus first. How close? It's close enough. How about you? Is there just one thing you lack? Is there something, someone, a situation that stands between you and Jesus? Or are you close enough? Are you committed enough? Are you Christian enough? James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. But cleanse your hands, you, hands, you sinners. Purify your heart, she double-minded. Oh, he'll come close to every one of us, but you're going to have to do some things. There's a pull to be more like Jesus. Wash yourselves, purify your heart, be completely sold out. You can't be double-minded. Your loyalty can't be divided between God and the world. Paul told the church in Philippi in Philippians 3.10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Paul, how close is close enough? Oh, I want to be so close that I can, I know his power, but I'll even suffer if it takes suffering. I'll even die if it takes dying. I'm completely all in for him, is what Paul says. Close enough to give half your money to the poor? And give four times back everything that you have obtained unethically. I don't know if God's asking you to do that. If he is, are you that close? Close enough to stop a procession where Jesus is trying to get to a house to heal a young girl who is at the point of death? Close enough to come out of hiding? Not just meet up with Jesus when no one else sees not just have a friend that is also a secret follower, but sold out if it costs reputation, if it costs your position, if it costs you a friendship or two. How close is close enough? Close enough to, let, to not let anything come between you and Jesus, even if it is the most important thing in your life. Paul says it's never close enough. I just want to get closer and closer. What if you suffer? I'll take it. Get me closer. What if it costs your life? I'll take it. Get me closer to Jesus. Please let me take one last turn. And I apologize for the length of this. And I, it's probably the longest sermon I've ever preached on a Sunday here. So. In the Old Testament, there's a man by the name of Job, a very influential man very famous man, a very wealthy man, a very godly man, a very wise man. From Job's perspective, for no apparent reason, on just another day, a messenger comes tearing through the field, come running up to Job and said, your oxen, all of them. 
were plowing in a field and all your donkeys were right next to them feeding. And the Sabaeans out of nowhere came and raided and stole every single one of the animals and killed every one of your employees, all the farmhands. I am the only one who barely escaped to tell you. While the words were still coming out of his mouth, Another messenger running out of breath. Fire fell from the sky and burned up all of your sheep and every shepherd. I'm the only one who escaped. While the words were still coming out of his mouth, another haggard messenger came up and he said three bands of Chaldeans, raiders came and stole every camel and killed all the workers and I am only one who got away. While the words were still coming out of his mouth. Another man came up and said, your kids, every one of your kids was in the eldest son's house. And a huge wind came out of nowhere and knocked that house down and killed every child. I'm the only person to escape. There's no way for us to properly process this. There is no way for us to adequately feel what Job felt. The next verses, though, tell us this was some kind of man. This was a man who was close to God. Because Job said, I came in the world with nothing. And I guess I'm going to leave with nothing. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Hmm. That's close. Trusting him that much. Leaning on him. No blaming. No sinning. And we don't know how long, but then Job was hit with horrible, painful skin disease. Boils covering him. He was absolutely devastated and humiliated in every possible way. Job's wife Completely overcome with grief, confused and scared herself, told Job, Job, just give up and die. No, I'm not going to do that. That's foolish talk. If I accept good things from God, I'll accept bad things also. I'm telling you, this was someone close to God. Job's three friends came, comforters. <laughs> All they did was accuse they work to convince Job that you are the biggest sinner that has ever hit the planet. That he did something terrible that God was punishing him. Confess, Job. Quit hiding. You're too proud in all this. Let your guard down. Say you're sorry and God will fix all this for you. Job just kept saying he was innocent. He didn't know what was happening, but God did. Job cries out to God. He begs God to answer, ask God to take him. Wish time would back up and the day that he was conceived would have never even happened so he would never have been born. He was in such anguish. Back and forth his friends spoke to the, him, preached to him, condemned him to me. There, was one very, there is one very important detail left out of the book of Job. We don't have a timeline. From the time the messengers came on that day, to tell him of all the devastation to the time everything was restored. And we know the story. Was that a month? Was that a year? Was that a decade? But Job was close to God. 
Job kept trusting in God. Job knew God was a God of integrity. Job knew God was righteous. Finally, God speaks out of a whirlwind. He challenges Job. He questions Job. The last thing God said before Job answers was, do you still want to argue with the Almighty? Can you answer all my questions? Job gave a little response, and then God thundered again from the whirlwind and spoke to Job. Job answers one more time, but God speaks to Job's friends after Job prayed for his friends. God restored to Job everything he had times two. All of that story that you're familiar with to read one verse. Job, the guy that was upright, that hated sin, he didn't lose his faith throughout this entire ordeal, although it was, he had no clue what was happening. Was completely in the dark as to why this happened to him. Had absolutely no moral support. Was lonely, misunderstood, and isolated. We have no idea how long he endured. That guy said this in Job 42.5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now, mine eye seeth thee. This guy, when all devastation happened in his life, he praised God in spite of it. This guy that held strong to God, held on to his integrity, Never sinned or questioned foolishly throughout the entire ordeal. He says, I may have heard some things about you. I may have been close to you and known you before. But now, I see you clearly. It's not just hearsay. It's just not somebody else's testimony. I know you in the fellowship of your suffering. Again, thank you for your patience, your attentiveness. But I again reiterate, how close is close enough? I want you to apply what I said absolutely wherever you fit, whatever biblical account fits your life. It's all the same. Every one of us needs to draw closer to Jesus. But my main focus is to those who have been in a dark valley for a long time. You have questions with no answers. You have confusion until your mind hurts. You are doing your best to stay focused because you trust God and who He is. You trust his goodness. You trust his word. It just doesn't seem to be applying very good to your life right now. It just doesn't seem to be adding up. It's not matching. I have come with a strong admonition from God. Stay faithful. You may not know where he is. But he knows exactly where you are. Stay prayerful. Stay committed. 
I know it feels like you're talking to the ceiling. I know it feels like you're in this by yourself. But at some point, something is going to happen. And you are going to look back and you're going to say, I thought I knew him. I heard some testimonies and stories about him. But now, now I see his glory. Now I see it firsthand. Stand with me. How close is close enough? I pray your answer and your response says there's no such thing. I'll constantly pursue my soul longs for him. He's not far from any one of us. There's change involved. I want to be closer. There's commitment involved. I want to be closer. There may be some pain involved. I want to be closer. For the one, two, five I've talked to, and I thank you for listening to everybody. Are you settling? God is speaking to somebody in this. Are you just okay with where you are and how life is? To every backslider who has been in these altars and have felt the power of the Holy Ghost, is where you at okay? Are you just settling? How close is close enough? God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus. You can stay and draw as close as you want to Him. He's not far from any.